God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And so the narrative on the Afghanistan travesty uh, is is out. And uh, it's what we talked about yesterday. It's exactly what we already knew. That Biden was going to try to blame Trump because both Trump and Biden both wanted to pull out of Afghanistan, but how you go about doing it is the key. And Trump, I believe, had a plan. What we heard from Pompeo yesterday in his exchange with Chris Chris Wallace was that Pompeo had a plan and Trump had a plan. And it was a methodical plan to uh, go over there and logistically set things up for departure. But part of that plan should have been knowing full well that the Taliban was going to see that happening. They were going to wait it out and they were basically going to seize the moment. And they already knew that Gahani was compromised. But we always knew that. Going back, Gahani today, Karzai from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Karzai. I spoke about Karzai yesterday, and I said, Karzai, I I actually got to see him speak, not got to see him speak, he was speaking down the street at Independence Hall when I used to live in Old City in Philadelphia, and I went down and I got to see him speak, and, uh, and I just thought, you know, body language, you know, he came with his robes and had this attitude. This arrogance. You know, Gahani went to Columbia University. You know, another libtarded school like George Washington University in Georgetown and all these schools in D.C. All, all these uh, schools are so liberal. And they're a breeding ground for all kinds of liberal social behavior. And so it was the way of the exit. 
And it wasn't so much that it was a, a failure to plan. It was that. Of course, that's a no-brainer. But let's get a little deeper and realize how naive and how, how well, basically how naive our Brookings Institute, Atlantic Council uh, types of lawyers and lobbyists in D.C. are. And when I say that, you know, there's a there's a vision that goes on in my head. And it's all of these little whippersnappers like Jake Sullivan and Mike Carpenter and people like Eric Ciaramella who tried to overthrow Trump and Eric Vin, uh, Alexander Vindman, you know, the lieutenant colonel who doesn't know crap about crap. And Eric Misco, and all these people that had more of a vested interest in trying to get rid of Trump than they ever did, and work with Adam Schiff to do so, than they ever did about defending our country and servicing the taxpayers. These lawyers like Mark Zaid, whose whistleblower we still aren't supposed to know about, and if you print his name, Eric Ciaramella, Although Alexander Vindman tried to like say it was him. To try to impeach and overthrow the United States government. A duly elected president. Probably the first duly elected president we've had since Reagan. Was Donald Trump. Everything else was in the mix. Just look at the, just look at the Bushes and the Clintons for crying out loud. Look at how they propped Obama up and nobody even knew his, where he was from. And this is Obama's plan right here that's blowing up in our faces. This is what Obama wants. This helps Iran. This weakens Saudi Arabia. The destabilization in the Middle East helps China, helps Russia. So for all the people that are on the left, and Lindsey Graham being one of them, that bash Russia all the time, are actually the biggest gift that keeps on giving to Russia. They tried to say Trump was in bed with Russia. But it's the Biden administration that sold out to Russia, allowing them to have the Nord Stream 2 pipeline going into Germany because one of the uh, leaders in the lobbying groups over there, like Gastrom and all these other corporations that are making that pipeline happen in Europe, were headed up by people like the former president of Germany, Schroeder. And now Germany's going to benefit from all the refugees coming from Afghanistan because they love that cheap slave labor that manufactures all those cars. Or in France, they pick all the vines off those grapes pick all the grapes off those vines, I should say. But Hungary's not going to have much to do about that. And they're going to, through the test of time, be a more stable country as a result of it. They're making good policy in Hungary. But you watch the exploitation. Every crisis, there's an opportunity to strike gold. And Rahm Emanuel said, don't ever let a good crisis go to waste, didn't he? He was the chief of staff for Barack Hussein. 
This is going to be exploited to the hilt. And I wonder how much cash wound up in the hands of American diplomats that sold out alongside Gahani. The government that we were supposed to work with, the government leader that spent time in the White House talking with Biden, conning Biden because Biden is such a numbnut, basically taking all kinds of money. And what did he do at the end? Filled up a chopper full of cash, probably took billions of dollars out of the country, and is going to be living, he's living in Uzbekistan right now. But he's probably going to end up in London in some posh place with three women. I mean, what a what a disgusting, what a disgusting situation we have allowed to have happen. And where the heck is our CIA and our military? And let me tell you something. For people to not know that Taliban was going to pull this move, see, the Taliban knew two things. Because the question I had was this, and this is how I got to this answer. I had the question, why would the Taliban, knowing that we're going to leave, knowing how Biden was going, Biden expedited, by the way, Biden moved up the expedition, the the move out date. He moved that date up. So Biden moved the date up. You get it? Why? Because he was told by people on the ground that the the, the dam was going to burst. We got to get out of Dodge or we're going to end. It was sort of like what happened to George Bush in 2008 with the housing crisis. He was trying to patchwork it up, patchwork it up, but then the Lehman Brothers collapsed. He wanted to get out before the collapse and put it all on the next president, Obama. That's That's what he wanted to happen. Or not to mention the fact that um, he wanted a Republican like McCain, but McCain can't win anything, right? McCain's a loser. So basically the idea was that they needed to get out of Dodge before the crap hit the fan, right? And that's sort of what went down. That's what was going down with the housing crisis. But to Obama's benefit and to Bush's detriment, to the Republican Party's detriment, it didn't hold. The dam burst. The housing crisis happened about four months before the election in 2008. And that was an unwinnable election at that point. Exploited to the hilt by the left. Well, the same thing is true over in Afghanistan. The dam was bursting. The Taliban was applying pressure because... The Gahani government was not fighting back. They didn't want to escalate war. And they were given bad advice by the American military advisors. That's what happened. It was the, I, I believe that Trump, Trump planned this thing uh, over in 2017. He had plans to put diplomats over there and to, allow, to help facilitate an exit strategy to get out of Afghanistan. It was years in the making. That's a fact. 2008, uh, I would say it was 2018, 2019, the plan was executed. But 2018, it was strategized. 
and 2000 and and keep in mind president trump had his hands full with untold amount of hurricanes i don't see nearly as many hurricanes by the way going on today as i did during the trump years was that manufactured to slow down the trump 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 train i don't uh, i i would not be surprised if it was one little crisis after another it was constant crisis. This is the first time that there was a crisis in the Biden administration uh, that wasn't, and, and every one of the crises, well, you could say the open borders is a crisis, but we know why that's happening, because he wants to import voters in the time frame that he has left between election fraud and election integrity. But this crisis is also in the making. But the advisors and the CIA operatives and the spies that we have, they certainly had to have seen this coming. There's people that have been living there every year for the last 20 years that know exactly what's going on. They're embedded. They're part of the Taliban. We have spies. We knew this was happening. And the reason why Biden upped, uh, upped the, the move out, you know, um, expedited the date to get out. The reason why he did that is because the dam was bursting. And he wanted to get out. He wanted to roll our Humvees out. He wanted to roll them out. All of our assets. All of our expensive assets. But before they did that, there was some cash that needed to be laid out for the Kahani government and what have you. And so what happened was the Taliban said, you know what? We're not going to allow these people to roll out like they just stormed our country for the last 20 years, then roll out and proclaim victory, uh, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Not victory, but mission accomplished. We're not going to let them do that. But it wasn't just for spite. It wasn't just for spite. It wasn't just a narr- to paint a narrative. It wasn't just for optics. What was it? And so the question I asked was, why would the Taliban do that? Why would the Taliban, just before we were to roll out with a mission accomplished and everybody goes home happy, why would the Taliban upset the apple cart and ruffle the feathers of the most, what, what used to be the most powerful country in the, in the world? Why would the Taliban do that? That was my question. And the answer, the answer is, because they're going to make out with billions of dollars of armed vehicles and weapons stashes and skids of cash and all kinds of uh, secret documents and all kinds of computers. They're going to make out with a whole building called the U.S. Embassy. All they have to do is take the Black Lives Matter flag and the rainbow LBGTQ flag off the top of the uh Soy Boy uh, U.S. Embassy run by the Soy Boys at the State Department. And voila, they got a new building. Who paid for that building? Who paid for those up-armored Humvees? Who paid for those rifles, those AR-15s? Who paid for all of the Jeeps and all of the Toyota vehicles? And who paid for all that stuff? You you did, I did, we did, as taxpayers. 
Who takes the hit of that tax? The brunt of that tax is paid for by the middle class who feels it every day because it's not the lower class that's paying the taxes. They're getting your taxes. They're getting freebies, subsidized housing, all kinds of stuff. The same exact stuff that the illegal migrants are getting. They're getting. You're paying for it. And the people at the top of the heap, they're immune to it because they have more money than they know what to spend. So the top of the heap is, uh, they're all liberals. They're the elite. They're running the newsrooms. They're running Hollywood. They're running, uh, they're the tenured professors with all the great ideas. And they get their heads together. It's shame on the Pentagon and shame on the Biden administration and shame on them being outplayed by the Taliban. You look at these bunch of warlords, these little tribal people banging their little drums around and shooting their rifles in the air. And somehow our Pentagon brass, after 20 years, where our mission was simple, to get rid of the Taliban and get uh, and restore Afghanistan to be a, a nation of uh, with more democracy, not democratic Jeffersonian democratic dem- democracy like like our country, but a more democratic state where people are represented, where the government's not beheading people for being homosexual or not getting cutting their arms off for robbing a store or not stoning to death women for infidelity or stepping out of line. So, no, we just, you know, one step up from Sharia law. And by the way, speaking of Sharia law, where's the squad? And why are they not speaking up against the Sharia law-loving Taliban? Why are they not speaking up against that? Where's Ilhan Omar? By the way, it's been confirmed. There's a DNA test. Ilhan Omar definitely married her brother and skirted around immigration law by exploiting the immigration law, by cheating and lying and stealing, and basically married her brother to get citizenship. How do you like them apples? That's Ilhan Omar. She's a millionaireist con- congresswoman now after a few years in office, just like Ocasio-Cortez, dumb as a stone. And this is what we have running our country. And we're supposed to be taken seriously. This is nothing less than a banana republic with rigged elections. And it's the only way you could actually get here. It's the only way you could have these types of swings from a Donald Trump, the golden lion, Donald, Donald Trump, and then you get all the way across the spectrum to a guy like Joe Biden that gives a speech yesterday reading off of a teleprompter and not taking any questions. You know who took more questions than Joe Biden? The Taliban, that's right. The Taliban took more questions than Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the biggest joke. It's almost as if they were laughing when they rigged the election and said, and guess who we're going to put into charge? Joe Biden. Why? Because he is the most compliant puppet we've ever mastered. 
He just does, he just wind them up and he just reads off of a prompter. He has no attitude. He has no emotion. He just does what he's told. That's it. And we'll make sure that his son Hunter, who's doing crack with every hooker in town, got another laptop stolen, hooked up with a Russian hooker who played him because she was probably a spy, and stole his laptop. Again, another one. Not the one in Delaware. Not the one with all the sex. This guy is naked more than he is not naked. And he's now with a Russian hooker, and he's being extorted. And they claim that now Russia has that information. Meanwhile, you know, the embassy, we have to run away from our embassy where China and Russia get to keep their embassies. What's that about? We spend all the money at WHO for the COVID stuff. We are spending the lion's share of the money definitely compared to China's investment. And China gets all the, all the um, favors from the WHO. All the Fauci favors, right? That's not fair. Why are we not getting a return on our investments? Because our politicians are the biggest fools. But you know who's a bigger fool than the politicians? The victims of those politicians, which is the middle class taxpayer. And we need to stop being foolish. We need to stand up and let them see us. Let them hear us. And let them realize that we could kick their butts up and down Main Street all day long. We are 300 million strong. There are 535 numbnuts in the Capitol building. 435 for the House, 100 for the Senate. You could do the math. But that's what's going on. And this has got to stop. This whole thing was a joke. This whole speech that Biden gave was a joke. He read the thing. He even had a a strong line near the end, right? I am the president of the United States and the buck stops with me. He read that thing. He stumbled when he read it. His eyes were going left to right. He couldn't even say that without reading the prompter. You just know that Donald Trump would have answered all the questions from the hostile media. But Trump would have never had to answer those questions because he would have never let it happen. It would have never gotten to that point. He would have never allowed this Taliban to exploit him. The Taliban went in early because they wanted the Humvees. They wanted the assets. They wanted the buildings. They wanted the infrastructure. They wanted the billions of dollars that was given to the uh, Gahani government and hoarded all the cash out of the banks and out of the treasuries. They got the money. If you would, if, we, if they would have let the uh, let the let us just roll out and say mission accomplished, it would have never worked out well for the Taliban because they would have uh, we would have taken all the money. We would have secured everything. We would have destroyed all the evidence. We would have taken, rolled out all of our tanks and, and up-armored uh, Humvees and our rifles and our weapons and our ammo. And we would have taken all that out. 
and they would have been left with nothing. So they said to themselves, rather than do that, why don't we just go in early, seize every city, and when we give you the go signal, we're going to take over these cities all at once. And Biden stands up there yesterday giving a speech saying we were caught flat-footed. He admitted it. We were surprised. The one thing we were surprised about is how fast they moved in with their Toyota trucks and their 75,000. Just a month ago, he said 300,000 Afghan soldiers, well-equipped, well-armed. Well, they're not well-equipped and well-armed anymore because Gahani told them not to shoot back. The president of Afghanistan said don't fight back to his own military because he was paid off by China and Russia. And now the Taliban is in charge and the Taliban has a great working relationship with many of the folks in the Pakistan. So you're going to you're going to have that situation Emir Khan or no, uh, President Khan over in Pakistan. And you're going to have that. And although Pakistan doesn't want to get in the middle of a conflict between India and China, China now benefits from having what will more than likely be a fortification in the eastern flank of Afghanistan to threaten India on their India's western flank because they already had India's eastern flank in check because China is east of India. So they had that in check. But what they didn't have in check is the western flank. They didn't have a lot of territory, strategic territory, that didn't compete with, say, Russia. But now Russia and China have a new understanding and Russia and China are going to do business, and Russia and China are sharing the wealth of America's stupidity in Afghanistan, and now are going to be working with the Taliban. Why in the world did we not set the poppy seeds on uh, fields on fire? And you better believe that we're going to have a world epidemic of heroin like we've never seen from those poppy seed fields. We're going to have the fentanyl problem from China escalating. And we're going to have a doped up, crime-infested America while still the numbnuts on the left are going to bang the drums of defunding the police as drug consumption goes up, as the prices of drugs go down. And as the prices of drugs go down because of the supply and demand factor, you're also going to see a shortage of, 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 of um, affordable oil. You're going to have basically oil that's through the roof. So people are going to consume less oil and consume less beef thanks to the green hackers that hack Colonial Pipeline and hack uh, JCP beef d- distributors. And what they're going to eventually do is make way for someone like Bill Gates to pass his synthetic beef to replace real beef because cow flatulence, we can't have that, climate change and all. we got to control that population. The world's population is contributing to the 
global warming. We can't have that. We got to kill people off. So what, you know, Bill Gates said was, you know, reproductive services, abortion. What he said was health care, which is basically, he means socialized medicine, death panels. You got um, then then new vaccines. We have Zeke Emanuel, the guy that wants to now be the head of the FDA, controlling all of our food, saying unequivocally that people shouldn't live past 75 years old. And he's the one that was saying stay at home indoors for two years. He's going to be Rahm Emanuel's brother, connected with the Obamas. Who's not connected with the Obama? Jake Sullivan was um, Obama's foreign policy advisor who gave $150 billion to Iran that had the endless conflict in Syria. What was the result of that? Did we win anything? Of course not. Would we ever win anything? Call Russia and ask them. Russia has been in bed with the Assad family since the 70s. The Assad family took over the kingdom of Syria. They're Alawite Shias controlling a country dominated by Sunni. So what did they do to keep the peace? Took away everybody's guns. That's why ISIS went through one town after the next in Syria and was basically run, uh, took every city over because everybody was defenseless against the gun because they were unarmed. He disarmed the country. What are they trying to do here? Disarm our country. We're not going to let that happen. We'll shoot first. Okay, we're not going to let them take our guns. We're not going to let this tyrannical government rig our elections. We are going to stand up and we are going to fight back because we don't want to end up being run by people that are not far different than the Taliban. What's the first measure, of course, that the Taliban did? They took away people's guns. You know why? Because getting shot hurts. And they don't want to get shot by the people that are fighting against them. You know, there are so many people that are getting, uh, they're, they're being going door to door saying, do you agree? What do you think the social credit score is going to be? And what's the predecessor to the social credit score? It's, it's the vaccine passport. If you don't see the writing on the wall right now, folks, that the vaccine passport is just a cheap healthcare scare excuse to actually develop and invent and roll out the social credit score, which will impact your ability to get a credit card because your philosophy in life isn't, isn't at a rating, uh, it's, it's below 75%. You get a 66% score on your uh, political ideology, you're not going to get credit. I remember, um, you know, the insurance companies for car insurance, for example. Do you own a home or do you rent? If you rent, you pay more for your health insurance. Should be the other way around, right? The guy that owns the home is doing better. Maybe he pays more. It should be in a capitalist society. It would be sort of like that. Oh, indications show that people who own a house are doing better financially. Therefore, they could afford more. No, it was the other way around. If you didn't own a home, if you were renting, you paid higher health insurance. Uh, you paid higher. You were a bigger health insurance risk, number one. And number two, 
you're a more reckless driver. Never made sense to me, those types of things. If you're, um, you, have, you live in a certain zip code, I understand. But if you have a fancy ADP or if you park your car in a garage, you get a discount. So the rich people were always getting the discounts and the poor people were not. And the same thing holds true with political ideology and the social credit score. You might not be able to get on, uh, get, you know, uh, what Jen Psaki said was, if you're kicked off of Facebook, you should be kicked off of Twitter and everybody else too. So basically, if, you're, if you fall short on a certain score, you shouldn't be allowed to be on any social media. You should be segregated from society. Segregated is the word. The vaccine passports will segregate unvaccinated from vaccinated. And guess who gets the privilege? The vaccinated. Guess who has to pay a tax? They're talking about a unvaccinated tax now. You'll pay a higher tax. You'll have to get tested every week. You'll have to wear a mask if you're unvaccinated. They will punish you for being unvaccinated. But if you're vaccinated... Why do they want you to get that vaccine so badly? Because they want to push the vaccine passport social credit score system to control the population and control everything you do. Eventually, we will go cashless. We'll be in a cashless society. They could actually freeze your money and punish you. You have no idea where this is going if you don't open your eyes and look ahead and see We are heading for complete control. We are going to be robots and zombies. We are all going to get in electric vehicles and be carted somewhere. We're not even going to be able to drive anymore. Everything's going to be controlled by GPS. Who controls the GPS? The state or Google or the social media giants. Why are we not talking about Section 230 anymore? And why have we not heard anything about Black Lives Matter anymore? They all disappeared. They were all useful when they needed them. Black Lives Matter was a political election weapon. That's all it was, run by Marxists. And the same holds true with everything else. You never hear of all of these things until they're useful. And then they make they rear their ugly heads. That should tell you what Black Lives Matter is all about. So when you turn on the NBA and watch a basketball game and you see Black Lives Matter everywhere, that is basically someone saying, MAGA, make America great again. But if you wear a MAGA hat walking into the NBA uh, arena, you'll probably be shot. That's the intolerance of the left. That is nothing less than the Taliban. Nothing less than the Taliban. When you walk around with a red hat or you have a Make America Great Again sticker on your car and it gets keyed, eggs thrown at it, you get soda thrown in your face, you get clobbered over the head, you get shot in the street. We have seen every single one of these things happen in the lead up to the 2020 election. And we need to do better. 
We need to fight back. We need to realize this is serious business. So I have audio clips to play for you. I have a lot of things to to play. But one of the things I wanted to do was go back in time when the story broke related to Afghanistan. And I wanted to read all these great tweets that I retweeted. And many of these tweets I wrote myself. And I want to take you through the last 48 hours and see where we are here. And I'm going to give you commentary on each one of these tweets because some of these tweets are just gems, really. They're just great, thought-provoking words of wisdom written by people like you and me, okay? Not the show hosts, but people. People who really care for this country. So Rising Serpent writes, it's impossible to destroy so much so fast and so completely unless you have coordinated plan, a coordinated plan and a committed group to execute it. I've been saying that for a while. You know, this destruction, this open border crisis, it's so stupid and bad, it can't not be on purpose. It, it has to be. It has to be on purpose. It has to be purposeful. It has to be intentional. That this level of stupidity and ineptness that we call we call mistake. No, nobody makes these mistakes. But it's blowing up in their faces. But you got to ask the question. You can't. You got to ask the question. Why? What is the end game for their? Decisions that run so far counter to the American people. And did they even run like, uh, well, we know that Biden didn't even campaign, but if he did, would they have actually run on these types of tickets? No, they wouldn't have. They would have run on, oh, we're going to allow Afghanistan to blow up on our face. We're going to allow taxpayer dollars to roll into the hands of the Taliban. And we're going to allow every uh, person from every country Come through our border unchecked. We're going to allow them to spread COVID all over our country. And we can see the spikes like St. Louis and, 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 and cities in Louisiana are basically getting hit. Uh, the reason why they're trying to suggest that Texas and Florida are going to see spikes, I believe it's because they're moving people into cities in Texas and Florida. Wherever the COVID is spiking, and this COVID variant is a mutated version of the vaccinated uh, infected. The people that got the vaccinations who got infected are mutating a variant that is unexpected. That's the problem with social engineering. That's the whole reason why we never wanted to get into stem cell research or we didn't want to get into human cloning. Because once you open up that Pandora doors box, it's a it's you you can create Frankenstein. You know, you basically could create a world that you can't put back in the bottle. And that's why we don't go there. We don't go there because we will annihilate our own existence if we are not careful. And this virus is a predecessor to human cloning and all the other things that are worrisome about our own existence. So Cambry writes, Trump bombed the crap 
he used the S word, out of terrorists. Remember when Trump said that? We'll bomb the crap out of him, right? Remember he said that? Terrorists feared him. Biden allowed them to take over a country. Terrorists laughed at him. And then Cat Turd said, where's arrogant, camera-loving, loudmouth Mark Milley right now? You know, Mark Milley, what what the heck? So AFP news agency uh, retweeted by Stephen Miller. Breaking, Russia does not plan to evacuate its Kabul embassy, official agent, uh, officials to the agency said. So Stephen Miller writes, Russia and China remain as America flees Kabul. Even if you tried, you couldn't fail more badly at your job than Joe Biden. Not in a million years. The Bradford File writes, I'm just spitballing here, but America might want to stop promoting its politicians who fail for five decades, like Joe Biden, right? Buck Sexton writes, ask yourself, what's more impeachable for a president, a perfectly fine phone call or president over uh, or, or presiding over the biggest foreign policy disaster in 20 years? You know, I would love to have a buck 89 gas and some mean tweets right about now, wouldn't you? Speaking of mean tweets, why is it that the Taliban leaders are allowed to keep their Twitter account, but President Trump doesn't get to keep his? Why is that? Because people like Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg see Trump as an existential threat because Trump stands for America first policies to make America great again. And he wants to compete on the world stage on even footing. That's what Trump wanted. But they will throw a blind eye of trust and, and uh, credence to the Taliban. The Taliban who has Twitter account after Twitter account. I am banned on Facebook right now for talking to you. For 30 days I'm banned. I guess it's about 27 more days I have left in the brink. I was only out of Facebook jail for two weeks. If that, maybe 10 days. Doesn't even matter. I've written all these people off as a joke. These uh, social media platforms are just a uh, flat-out joke. But the point is, is that the Taliban, because they're radically left, you have to remember that too. The Palestinians who want to blow up, use their arm, the Hamas arm, just like the Iranians want to use their Hezbollah arm. See, Hezbollah and Hamas hang out in Lebanon, right? A puppet country to Syria and Saddam Hussein back when the day and now um, they're, they're basically controlled by Hamas and Hezbollah, Lebanon. And Lebanon blow, blow, uh, sends missiles into Israel to destroy Israel. Back in the Trump days, we moved the embassy to Jerusalem uh, we got rid of ISIS, something that Obama used to call ISIL in Levant instead of in Sham. And that whole thing means uh, it has to do with geography and landmass. When you say ISIL, basically you're saying you don't acknowledge the state of Israel, but when you say ISIS, you do. And that's, what, that's why every single time uh, Obama had his whole cabinet say it, And he said it every time, ISIL. And what it meant was disrespect to Israel. And the uh, Israel has fallen into the hands of the socialist radical left wing of their parties. 
and as a result of all this collapse but and, and this attack on America uh, from the radical left, rigging our elections, for one, would be the biggest attack. But all of that going on, Hezbollah is controlled by, and the Houthis are controlled by Iran, and, and Hamas is controlled by the Palestinians. But the Palestinians blowing up women and children, the Democrats somehow are okay with that because they support the Palestinians. And Trump basically said, you know what? This is going to be the parameter of the trade deal, like it or lump it. And they said, lump it. And they took their lumps. And they were just about to come to the table because of the Abraham Accords and the Gulf states normalizing relations with Israel. And things were going forward very nicely. And John Kerry was trying to tell Iran, violation of the Logan Act, to stay the course Wait it out. We have something. We have a fix. We have a rigged election coming. And the problem with rigged elections is it, it results in huge swings of ideology from radical, uh, from capitalism to radical Marxism. You could never get that between someone like uh, Eisenhower and Kennedy. You could never get that from even Johnson to Nixon. You wouldn't get that. Swing, and the American policies would then be honored and, and by the next president because most presidents were representing the people a lot more than they are now. Now the radical left is not representative of the, the people, and they're representing ideology first. They're representing other nations before they represent our middle class taxpayers, and so what we're ended up with is a radical swing shift from. Trump's policies to the radical left-wing Marxist policies uh, that are that are being controlled by the people that control Biden, and so that's what's happening. And so there's a more of an incentive for people to violate the Logan Act, like John Kerry, to assure our enemies, like Iran, to wait it out. That's why China got benefited from the COVID thing and from rigging our elections. They benefited by not having to do the phase one, phase two trade deal, which was going to cost them billions of dollars. Iran benefited. The Paris Accord benefited. All these 180s benefited. We never used to have uh, liberals and, and or we never used to have DNC and RNC presidents so uh, oddly uh, separated. And that never happened before. And it creates an incentive for fraud. So Jason Brodsky says, quite the comment from a former U.S. ambassador of, to Afghanistan and Iraq, Ryan Crocker today, the spokesman review about POTUS. I'm left with some grave questions in my mind about his ability to lead our nation as commander in chief. To have read this so wrong or even worse, to have understood what was likely to happen and not care. Rising Serpent says, Joe Biden was supposed to be Obama's foreign policy expert, in quotes. Let that sink in. And that's true. I remember that. Margaret Cleveland says, Whoa, Afghanistan has fallen and we have thousands of Americans who won't even be, be able to evacuate for a couple of days. You know, and this was uh, 
back then. Everett Mathani says, every dictator, despot, warlord, and general craphead on the planet is gearing up to make big moves they otherwise never would have thought of back when America was feared. So basically, this opens Pandora's box. This opens up a lot of doors. A lot of people are going to want to now test the waters of American uh, fortitude. Avril Haines is someone that we need to pay more attention to. Avril Haines. Julie Kelly writes, Avril Haines should be fired. A colossal F-up by the IC, the intelligence community. This John Brennan loyalist is helping promote the the flat-out lie that domestic violent extremists pose the biggest threat to the homeland. That's you and me. That's basically Trump supporters is what she's saying. We're worse than the Taliban. Okay. You know, you want a real insurrection. Look at the photographs of the Taliban in the the, uh, embassy and the parliament in Afghanistan. You want, a, you want a fake insurrection, you look at what happened January 6th. That was an infiltration by our own FBI and our Justice Department and our CIA, or, or no, probably not CIA, FBI. <coughs> Rosie Memos writes, how do we not figure out how to get everyone out safely before all this? What a horrific F up. And Joe Biden is on vacation. Buck Sexton writes, the elites who breathlessly lied to you for four years and about imaginary collusion with Russia to bring down a president are the same ones who promised you that Biden would restore America's standing and dignity in the world. They have no honor and are incapable of shame. And that's true. So Benny writes, uh, Benny Johnson writes, Twitter gives the Taliban platform a platform as they're overrunning Afghanistan, but they banned the sitting president of the United States. Remember that. The Bradford File writes, if the goals of the president of the United States are skyrocketing inflation, high gas prices, and over an open border during a pandemic, and a humiliating military and diplomatic disaster, then Biden is kicking butt. Tess, Russia says no need to evacuate if it's embassy in Afghanistan. How do you like those apples, right? Well, that's the thanks we get after 20 years of investment, trillions of dollars, blood, sweat, and tears, loss of life, loss of limb. Alex Clark writes, will the Taliban be taking off of, of Twitter for inciting an insurrection or no? And then... Jack Posobiec writes, breaking. Jen Psaki reportedly taking the next week off, of course. Yeah, of course she is. I'm going to read some of my tweets that I wrote. Um, well, let's read this one. Caitlin, when Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi died like a coward in a hole, murdered three of his children that he used as human shields after being chased by Conan, the dog, Trump invited the hero dog to the White House. Liberals hated it. Comfortably Smug writes, name a single enemy of the America who hasn't benefited from the benefit of Biden administration. Wild, right? Name a single enemy from America. Name a single enemy of America who hasn't benefited from the Biden administration. When Kassam Soleimani uh, messed with our embassy and our people, Trump had him turned into salsa and sent back to Tehran in a box flying economy then he threw up the american flag on twitter and there's pictures of trump basically pounding the chest 
And these are the types of things. This is leadership. So, Jack Posobiec writes, This isn't just about the fall of Kabul. The entire leadership of the U.S. government disappeared today. A thousand narratives collapsed in real time. D.C. theater gave way to reality. A generation of people around the world watched as the U.S. government was humiliated. Now I'm going to try to read some of mine. 404 writes, It's becoming clear that Afghanistan didn't fall. We gave it to them on a silver platter. The only question that remains, who got the kickbacks? Anyone ever see Wag the Dog? I mean, this could very well be uh, in light of the fact that uh, we are going to be seeing uh, some earth-shattering results from the Arizona audit. Maybe they want to do that. I doubt it, though. That theory is less likely. Uh, so basically, Boris Johnson wants to work with the Taliban. I said, Russia and China embassies remain in Kabul. This was a play against an extremely weak puppet Biden government and feckless woke U.S. military in what appears to be China and Russia eating our lunch and gaining new strategic security leverage in the region. That's what I said. I also said, when Tim Swain said, yes, Trump wanted us out of Afghanistan as well. Yes, leaving is the right thing to do. Hell no, do either of those excuse the unmitigated disaster that's taking place right now? I wrote, Biden said in July the Afghan government had 300,000 well-trained and equipped troops compared with 75,000 Taliban. Trump's Afghan exit strategy would have included tactical support and performance guarantees. Instead, the Afghan government sold out to the highest bidder, Russia and China. Biden got played. And then I wrote, let's see, Joe Biden's Saigon, Afghan falls from the plane. Oh, yeah, they were falling from the plane, right? Wow, we're running out of time. Um, We can read these tomorrow. I actually wrote up uh, about five really great tweets that we didn't get to yet today. Um, We're always running out of time on this show. We take zero commercial breaks. So... Go figure, right? Um, in any case, be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org, scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. Check out what we're doing to support America First policies to make America great again over at magapack.org. And uh, we have a lot of great plans for the fall. And uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll be making some announcements. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, A long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.